0: And you're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM. We are about to get into our Bible study for the for today with Lyle and Lawson. And joining us in the studio is
1: the boss, the boss, the big boss <laughs> of us.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> I
1: didn't
3: expect that type of
1: introduction.
0: <laughs> so uh, just introducing everybody to Maddie. Maddie Voynia is uh, is our boss here at uh, the breakfast show. And super excited to have you as a part of the breakfast show this morning. Maddie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lyle. Now, Maddie, just a, uh, a quick question as we're getting started. Um, with a name not like Maddie Voinia, your family history, I'm thinking, probably doesn't come from the um, the standard British kind of background. Would I be correct in that?
3: No, no. Eastern Bloc. Eastern, Eastern, Eastern Bloc. Europe. Yes, it's a Romanian name. That name's actually Modelin. It's a very. Um, common Romanian name. Okay. So everyone H- how, uh, how do you say that again? Uh Madeline in Australian So <laughs> <laughs> I think my parents thought that through before they immigrated. <laughs> so everyone calls me Maddie.
0: Maybe they weren't planning to emigrate when uh when they decided what? to um decided on the na- how, would, how old were you when you came to Australia?
3: Oh, about 6 months old.
0: Okay. All right. So um yeah, pretty much uh, as Aussie as they come then. <laughs> so but,
3: you grew up in brisbane lived in Melbourne, um loving the Australian life. Yep.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And you've been here. Um, you've been here as the boss. When did you arrive? It was oh, like mate, what October.
3: I don't like that term, really. Seriously, like <laughs> if anything goes wrong, I refer to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Maddie was the boss this morning because when everything went wrong, Maddie was the one who got the phone call and came into work at stupid o'clock to try and sort things out. So, um, yeah, part of part of the fun of of, of carrying that title. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, our Bible study today, we do not have a clue for the quiz, it's already been taken, but a quick reminder, I like to give this reminder out uh, about this part of the day, that if you are struggling with your signal strength, then uh, jump online, go to faithfm.com.au, press play, do that on your phone or your mobile device, whatever, and run it through your car stereo, problem solved. Bam. Yeah, or just Welcome put it on your headset, put it under your century. earmuffs if you're working in a uh, in a workshop, and away you go. Simple as that. That's right. Welcome to the 21st century. Start listening to the radio like everybody else does. Get with the times. Why would you listen to a radio station where you go on a road trip and suddenly you drive out of the signal and you can't hear it anymore?
1: Why would you listen to a radio station on a radio? That's the real question. This is like, yeah, I feel, I feel like this is just, it's, it's getting out of control now because radio isn't even radio anymore. It's just- You have a device. It's called your phone. It does everything, right? <laughs> is there anything your phone doesn't do? Bam. No, it's like yeah, my phone it's, literally does everything. Yeah, so it. you know, uh-huh. if only it had arms and legs, it could cook me breakfast. Yes, but it can cook me food because we I were, just like you know call up Domino's.
0: We were we were discussing <laughs> yesterday, uh, Maddie <laughs> in. Uh, In uh, Encounter with God We were discussing Revelation chapter 6 And we were talking about the third seal Where the writer comes out with a set of balances in his hand It's like, well, what's the modern equivalent of that? You know, a set of balances I mean, balances Who owns a set of balances these days? It's just like almost unheard of But back in the day You couldn't do anything without a set of balances If you wanted to buy anything or sell anything You had to have that It's like, yeah, if that writer had come out You know, if John had seen that in our day He would have been carrying a credit card Is that that weird-looking thing where you put some weights on one side. That's and the one. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah.
3: But yeah. I haven't seen those in, like... I remember seeing those at a market store when I was, like, a little little kid. We went uh-huh. out back market store out in Roma or somewhere. Uh-huh.
4: Wow.
3: <laughs> so, what is
0: the equivalent? What did you come to? Um, we, well, we thought it might have been the, the equivalent, it might have been the credit card, but then we decided it was actually the credit card machine. Mm-hmm. You, know, the, uh, you you okay. you 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 tap your card you on tap and go looks tap and go <laughs> nothing like balances no but it has the same function okay it has the modern day function so if you go to the markets in those days every vendor would have a set of balances that they would use to buy and sell with that makes sense if you go to the markets today every vendor has a credit card machine that you use to buy and sell things with so yeah it would have been looking a lot less sinister i think Mm. It just, just doesn't look, just doesn't have that sinister feel. It's like, yay, he's coming out riding a black horse carrying a credit card machine.
1: <laughs> that would <just> be <laughs> awesome. Like, it would be good if the Bible was that prophetic. Like, if it yeah. talked that far into the future. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, maybe maybe he was carrying a credit card machine, and John was like, "What's that?" And the angel's like, "Um, just write balances. People will get it." Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Uh, Maddie, who's here on the on, on the radio, is like, "What kind of heresy have I walked myself into?"
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> These guys are Faith
1: nuts. FM, positively different
3: radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, when I think of balances, all right, it makes it, it makes me think like you're trying to figure out you know the right amounts, right? So there's a bit of yes. judgment involved. Yes, thinking of credit cards just make makes me think of, you know, unreasonable, unresponsible spending. So, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. so, So,
0: you've got to take this in context. You've got to take this in context because context, the next couple of lines is unreasonable spending because it talks about oh, okay. you know, grossly inflated prices. Not so right. that's why we went with the credit card machine mm. rather than the judgment concept. There
1: you go. It'd be uh, good to read that, actually. Let's read Revelation all 6. Right, all right, all right. Well, we'll we've, we've talked too much about six. it. So there's
0: probably somebody listening this morning, um, and shame on you if you weren't listening yesterday, but um, <laughs> we will let you off the hooks, provided you provided a note. Um, <laughs> it's stealing from another radio presenter. I shouldn't do that. Um, but um, where were we going? Uh, let's 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 read this again just to review what we were reading yesterday in Revelation six, verse six and seven. Maddie, could you read that for us, please?
3: Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, "A kilogram of wheat for a day's wages, and three kilograms of barley for a
0: day's wages, and do not damage the oil or the wine." Okay, let's stop there. I, I should have given you first five and six, but that 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 covers it right there. So here, what you have. Following the, the, uh, the horse with the rider, with the balances, you have this statement of grossly inflated prices. Like ridiculous. Ridicu- this, is, this, is, this is a day's wages and for a day's wages, you're going to get one meal. Mm. You've got to provide for your entire family with just one meal for a day. So this it's is... It's equivalent what someone get paid today in, in today,
3: somewhere between $100 and $200 yeah. in a single day. For, for a, loaf of bread. a bread bun, mm.
0: Yep. Mm. for a uh, for a burger, yeah, that's an expensive burger. That's that's not going to add up at the end <laughs> of the week. <laughs> and by the time you divide that up three ways for your family, uh, Maddie, that you, you're going to be pretty hungry by the mm. end of the day. Mm. Yeah, okay. So we talked about this. We talked about how that um, Jesus is the bread of life. We talked about how that Jesus is symbol of the word of God, and that during this period in Earth's history. Because we're talking about the seven seals being seven different periods of history, Um, both Jesus and the Word became commercial. It became a commercial product. Mm -hmm. Um, The the church figured out how to turn it into a saleable commodity, and to make money, and they made masses of money out of Jesus Christ. And if you uh, if you don't believe me, just go to uh, Rome and. Take a trip through St. Peter's Basilica and you will notice that this is a place that is dripping with wealth Mm. and gold and extravagance on a scale that I have never seen anywhere else in the world. Uh, This is on a scale of royalty plus. Anyway. Moving on from there, we need to move on to. Oh, did we talk about the? Uh, did we talk about the oil and the wine? No, we did not. We missed that yesterday, yes. didn't we? Maybe we. I'm glad we reviewed because I would have. Um, I would have got uh, forgot to um, to read that one. But we're right here in verse six. I would love to know what they mean. Where it says, "See that you hurt not the oil and the wine." Okay, so what are these things a symbol of in the Bible?
1: All right, so oil in the Bible we know is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Okay, and then wine is a symbol of the blood of Jesus mm-hmm. or a symbol of, yeah, the covenant essentially, the blood that was shed for the covenant. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, what does that leave us with, Lyle, if we have don't wasting the oil and don't waste the wine? Okay, I'm going gonna,
0: I'm gonna to flip this. Oh, here we go. I'm going to flip this just for the fun of it. <laughs> and here's what I'm going to say. Okay. You are absolutely correct.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: However, my question would be, if you wanted these to be a symbol of Jesus, wouldn't you do the bread and the wine together? Whereas here the bread is separate and the oil and the wine are together. Mm-hmm. The bread is grossly inflated, but the oil and wine are together and we're told don't hurt, don't threaten the oil and the wine. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here and lots of people are going to be like, oh, this is a heresy, so... Put your heresy meters on. We <laughs> will. Is this a common thing? <laughs> um, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> well, this is probably a bad idea, isn't it? Just We're doing heresy on the day that the boss... Um, I'm not allowed to say that, am I? What, what, why should I call you, Maddie? if I can't call you the boss? <laughs> call him Maddie. Let's just, let's just, just, keep, just, going just the the keep going with <laughs> the Bible study. <laughs> the thing
3: is, um, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm really keen... Yeah, well, and 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 we'll we'll be back in just a second, right after this.
5: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: Okay, you're really keen about something there, Maddie.
3: Yeah, I'm really keen to um to discover a little bit more about this. You know, when I'm just reading that, I'm not I'm not a theologian by any stretch of the means. So when I'm just reading that, I'm thinking, well, oil and wine back in those days would have been really. Um, expensive upmarket produce, like, absolutely. There would have been things that would have been hard to extract from plants. And I'm um, glad like you were going bread. down this path. I don't know, whereas bread, uh, you just you know,
0: bread's everyday kind of.
3: It's a staple. Yes, it's a staple. Yeah, so, so
0: the so the staple is the staple is um, super expensive, and whatever you do, don't touch the up-market, Don't threaten the upmarket products. Yeah, softens
1: the heresy a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, because
0: well, you I, can I'm trade just, wine. I'm suddenly you know, you I'm can't sudden, trade bread. I'm suddenly feeling confident. Okay, <laughs> in my heresy. <laughs> Let's hear it, Lyle. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay, so a lot of commentators will point out that the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit and as, as um, Lawson rightfully pointed out, the wine is a symbol of the blood of Christ. I'm going to propose that in the Bible you often find the bread and the wine together mm-hmm. as a symbol of Jesus Christ. You find the oil separate as a symbol of the Holy Spirit.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But if you do a study of the Bible and look for verses that have both oil and wine in them together, you're going to come to a very different environment. Let's go to Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21.
1: Bit of a flick through.
0: Yep. Turn a couple of pages here, and we will go down to... Verse
1: 17. 2117? 2117. All right, the Bible says... Those who love pleasure become poor. Those who love wine and luxury will never be rich. Okay,
0: so yours says wine and luxury, mine says wine and oil. Ooh. Mine says though that those that love pleasure, in other words, those that live for pleasure. Mm -hmm. And in context, what we're dealing with here is the party life. Mm. So if you are living the lavish, luxurious party life, then the Bible says. Yeah, you're not going to be rich. You're not going to you you're not going to make it. Um, and so, what you find is that when you put oil and wine together in a passage, in a verse, in a sentence, I should say, mm. in the Bible, rather than being a symbol of the Holy Spirit and the blood of Christ, you've got a symbol of the party life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, think about this. Take this back to the time period that we're dealing with where Jesus Christ becomes a saleable commodity. The grace of Christ is now for sale. You can now purchase it. The church has figured out how to make money with it. So now the church is making a massive yeah. amount of money, right? So you've got a corrupt church symbolized by a black horse making money out of Jesus Christ, kind of reminiscent of the prosperity gospel these days, isn't it?
4: hmm it
3: reminds Not me of too. the credit card conversation we were just having. Yes, the credit card
0: <laughs> conversation we were having a minute ago. And uh, how many times have you flicked on the TV um, early on a Sunday morning and you get these preachers up there and they give you a 10-minute sermon and then a 20-minute appeal to pull out your credit card?
3: It's funny because I was, I was talking to a student um, at the university just the other day and about the conversation. Um, that The fact that... Um, the church asks for so much money. It's like, you know, one of the biggest arguments against Christianity is it's, it's a, is it a money-making scheme? Like, there's yeah. constantly. Mm-hmm. living. Oh, yeah.
0: In fact, I'm going I'm to interview a tele-evangelist here um, next week. We're going to have to ask him this question. Is yeah. this just a money-making business? I mean, how often do you get up out there and just uh, make a massive appeal for money? You know, it's <laughs> prosperity gospel right here. I, okay, but let's let's read this. You know, grossly inflated prices for a symbol of Jesus Christ. But whatever you do, don't hurt the oil and the wine. Don't hurt the party atmosphere. Don't hurt the good times that we are having by selling mm. Jesus Christ and by selling grace.
1: Yeah, wow. Wait, there's been. Many many um accounts of this. Are, uh, immediately, what comes to mind is is Martin Luther in the medieval church, and yes. the first time he goes to Rome and he sees the um he sees the 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 priests there and the bishops doing a service completely drunk mm-hmm. and just like absolutely. You know, Martin Luther comes from an environment you know just strict oh, adherence, yeah, and he yeah, he
0: lock himself in a cell with nothing but bread and water to eat to try and make himself righteous and all this kind of stuff.
1: And then he, he rocks up in Rome and he just sees all these dudes partying and 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 going crazy and he's like, "Well, what is this?" And that was the spark for him. He saw he saw that that It's like when that, he was traveling to Rome he talks about how
0: when he, you know, crossed that last hill and saw the rooftops of Rome in the distance and how he fell on his knees and thanked God that he had the privilege of being in this holy city and he gets there and the whole thing is just
1: corrupt to the core. Man, yeah, cognitive dissonance at its um, most extravagant, you could say. But but yeah, 100%, I think that that explanation is... is, um Look, it's, it's not as heresy as we once it's not, not as much heresy as <laughs> okay, we once Okay, so
0: you'll know what our number is. 1-800-324-843. <laughs> uh, if you disagree with Lyle this morning, um, feel free to call. Um, we enjoy your input on um, all of these points. But we do need to move on with our Bible study this morning. Mm-hmm. And we are going to continue on with verse 7 and 8. Maddie, would you mind reading those for us, please? Sure.
3: When the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a quarter of the earth to kill by the sword, famine, plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth.
0: Okay. Let's think about this. The four horsemen of the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. We start with white. That's Mm -hmm. a really good color in the Bible, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That is a symbol of purity, of righteousness, of righteousness by faith, of Christ's righteousness, Um, and you have a horse that is going out conquering and to conquer, the Bible says, um, the the rider is wearing a crown, and so forth. You go from there to the color of red, which is the color of sacrifice, Mm. where the church is going to make massive, massive sacrifices due to persecution, to the color of black, where now the church is gone is the opposite of white. Mm. You know, If white is righteousness, black is corruption. Mm. So you've gone from a pure church to a persecuted church to a corrupt church. And when you get to that black one, it's like, okay, is it possible to go downhill from here? You know? Have we surely when you get to black you can't get any worse than black and then well. <laughs> just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, the Bible pulled this one out and says okay, this one is coming out the color of death mm-hmm. in fact, if you read the Greek behind it you know where it says a pale horse uh, we don't really have the, the word for it in English to be actually able to translate the Greek word but it's the color of death mm this is where you have the image of the Grim Reaper. Yeah, wow. Now, I'm not, not quite sure why because the Grim Reaper carries a scythe. And he's black. And I don't read it in this verse. But whenever you see the four horsemen of the apocalypse,
1: yeah. the one riding the fourth horse is the Grim Reaper. It's the Grim Reaper, the one who comes to, to take life.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, and, and I think that's probably the, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's harvesting, harvesting the earth Okay, so what have we got that is taking place in uh, what, what are some of the characteristics that we can note from this passage?
3: Well, he's um, got a little friend following close behind, mm-hmm. Hades
0: Okay, yeah, which is another word for the grave mm. That doesn't sound too encouraging, does it? Uh, no, <laughs> not at all <laughs> not so positive. <laughs> what else can you find there?
3: And um, I like the four different um, different descriptions, uh, sword, famine, plague, and wild beasts. Um, I'm not sure what, what they each sort of represent.
4: Okay.
0: It's a really good question. I'm glad your translation puts plague there. You know what my translation what puts there? You've got to hear this one. This one's classic. It says, um, to kill... With, so this is what he's going to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and with the beasts of the field. I'm wondering, how do you kill somebody with death?
4: <laughs> you kill yeah. them to death. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it just, to, to me, it's like, wait a minute. He's going to kill them with death. Okay. Uh, but yours mentions plague. This introduces to us uh, an era of history. Uh, beginning and around, uh, we would we would if we parallel this with the seven churches, you know, the principle of repeat and enlarge, we would begin this one in the year five thirty eight.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: It introduces a period of tremendous persecution against Christians instituted by Christians. Mm. So this is Christians against Christ. There's Christian on Christian persecution that is taking place, and it is one of the most brutal, long-lasting persecutions that ever existed. Um, many people date it for you know 1260 years from seven from 538 to 1798. Although the indication is that this particular prophecy ends a little bit shorter than that. Anyway, more about that right after this.
6: And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, "Come and see." And I saw, and behold, a white horse. <laughs> There's a man going around taking names, and he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. There'll be a golden ladder reaching down when the man comes around. Listen to the words long written down. That sat on him was death, and hell followed with him.
0: And that was the one and only Johnny Cash with <laughs> "The Man Comes Around" again for the second two time. days in a, in a row. Well, it just suits. It ju- and what else? What other song can you put with the Four Horsemen of the 100%. Apocalypse? 100%. It's, it's just the just, best. You it's can't like, put anything else there. I mean, yeah. we were talking about. We were just chatting with our producer and we are talking about you know, Martin Luther a minute ago and we are like, oh, a mighty fortress. And like, no, nope, we moved on from there. And, and she's constantly changing the song to try and get the right one. And of course, she nailed it. She just came back ways. to the classics. Yes, indeed. Okay, so let's go back to where we were. We were in Revelation chapter 6 and verse 8, mm. where we were looking at this issue of the. Uh, Famine and disease. yeah, a period of tremendous persecution against Christianity, and a period of this is this is what the what uh, history I should say describes as the Dark Ages. Mm-hmm. So the pale horse symbolizes the period of the Dark Ages, and the Bible says that death and hell followed. You know, death and the grave followed this horse, um, and then it goes. Uh, you know, a large portion of the earth is going to die during this. period time period and we're going to have a number of different things here sword famine plague and the beasts of the earth okay so let's think about this for a moment during the dark ages was there plague yes yes did mm, it affect my history books did it, did it affect sure the world it yes Okay, Lawson is saying yes,
1: yes, <laughs> no, yes. Why are yeah, you saying yes, yes Lawson? Because, because, because I'm asking the question, and you there might, would be a I don't, I don't remember. Is it? Is it? Which plague was it? There was. A, okay, the have you heard
0: of a thing called the Black Plague? The Black Plague. plague. The black plague. Yeah, plague. I
1: was like, I was like, that's the one. It yes. starts with B. It's a plague. So, it's at its height,
0: at its height, the Black Plague in a four-year period uh, wiped out half of the population wow. of Western Europe. <laughs> in some countries wild. like Spain and Italy, 75% of the population wiped out by the Black Plague.
3: Ah, we live in good times. We,
0: yeah. do, we do live in good times. And, and, and we pray that the Black Plague or a uh, uh, an antibiotic-resistant version of the Black Plague <laughs> does not ever reappear again because mm. that was um, – you can imagine how horrific that was um, – So Germany Germany and England, places like that, uh, probably lost about 20% of their population. Mm -hmm. That's where most of the records of the Black Plague come from because in places like Spain and Italy where only 20% of the population survived, they are so busy trying to survive and to bury the dead, they're not writing histories, they're not writing records of what's Mm taking place. And so, yeah, the Germans and the English have better records of what happened during the Black Plague. But was there, was this a time when plague hit? Yes. Yep. And the and the Dark Ages are renowned for uh, the existence of the Black Plague. Um, was this a time period when wars and crusades took place and people oh, lost oh, yeah. their lost their lives for their faith? Oh yeah. Okay, so historians estimate that during this period, uh, between fifty. Uh, million to 150 million people died as a result of their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got about 50 million through direct persecution. You've got another, a further 100 million as a result of crusades, which can be linked to political interest as well as just you know, straight uh, religious. Um, uh, That's
3: incredible. And considering the population of the world back then, that was a significant number.
0: Oh, yeah. This is huge numbers. You're probably
3: looking like, if, if the population was what it was today, what, what would we be looking at now? Probably close to a billion people.
0: Yeah, so you, were well, you're looking at, uh, it killed between 75 to 200 million people in Eurasia. That's
3: mm. incredible.
0: Yeah. That, yeah. You imagine, because if a plague like this, this, this was one that, uh, a plague that hit Eurasia. If a plague like that hits today, it's going to be global. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, no because the, the, yeah. yeah, you're not going to contain it. We're a global village. Yeah, we are a global village, yeah. and we have seen it with uh, recent, you know, various viruses and so forth. That it is impossible to contain it in today's world. It does not matter how strict um, mm. you 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 close your borders down, you can't contain it.
1: Yeah, I, I read a, an article by the World Health Organization recently, and this is exactly what they're saying. Like the biggest threat to public health in the modern era is the fact that. It's so, it can become so contagious because there's so much movement all the time. Yeah. You know, everyone is just all over the place and a health epidemic in one country can easily become a health epidemic in another country and then another country and another country because of modern travel. And it's just, just wild.
3: So, back then, the only thing they had was the horse and cart. Yeah. and
0: still, And it still wiped out 50% of the population.
3: Can you imagine that?
0: You know, that's like, what, uh, the equivalent of, uh, let's say, three and a half to four billion people
4: today. Mm. That's, that's some seriously tough death. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. And, of course, there's no health system on the planet that can cope with that kind of uh, disease. Mm. And so it's no wonder the Bible describes this horse as being the colour of death mm. and that the grave is following um, and that plague is coming. Mm. disease um, and of course warfare and persecution um, starvation uh, during this time period was just massive huge amounts of people starved to death during the dark ages and i was worried about having to wake up early this morning
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> been hungry
0: for the first hour or so shell shell calls maddie at what six o'clock this morning the system is not working and uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah first all, problems First world problems, all right. It, uh, yeah. This
3: conversation is making me feel very grateful. Uh, yeah.
0: Yes, indeed. All right, so we can move on from there and we move on to the fifth seal. Now, in moving on to the fifth seal, I need to make this statement. This seal deals with a question that has come in for question of the day. Mm-hmm. And so we already have this one recorded um, as question of the day on our YouTube channel. Um, so you can go to our YouTube channel to see the recorded version. But the great thing about it is, what we're going to do is we're going to deal with this. Um, and w- I think what we'll do this morning is continue it. Maybe if we need more time to continue it through the question of the day time period. Let's just see how we go. We have another question of the day that just came in from a caller, and we may do that one as well. But we'll just um, we'll be a bit fluid with this one this morning. So um, let me see, Maddie, would you like to read for us verse nine, please? Verse nine.
3: When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained.
0: Okay, this is most interesting, particularly in the context of the state of the dead. Mm-hmm. What happens to a person when they die? Well, I, you know. We had a question of the day the other day about this subject, and they were asking about the rich man and Lazarus. And in the story of the rich man and Lazarus, when a person dies, the Bible says they go to a righteous person goes to Abraham's bosom. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Sounds uncomfortable. That's right.
0: (laughs) It's like, yeah, I want to get a hug. When I meet Abraham in heaven, big hug. For about five seconds. (laughs) Any more than that, and things it's get just uncomfortable. Weird. <laughs> it's just weird. That's right. <laughs> okay. This was another interesting situation where you have all of these souls, they are not giving Abraham a hug for eternity. What are they doing for eternity? They're just like under the altar. They're stuck under an altar. They're just chilling, you know. Trapped under the altar. What? What? What, do, <laughs> what? What is this passage all about? What are
1: these cryptic words teaching us, Lawson? Why don't you keep reading for us there with uh, verse ten? Sure. Verse ten says they shouted to the Lord and said, "O Sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge the people who belong to this world and avenge our blood for what they have done to us?" Okay. So
0: not are the. Oh, not only are these souls under the altar. Mm -hmm. But they are living souls. They're not dead souls. You know, they're dead souls. Okay, that's not so bad. Yeah. You know, the Bible says the soul that sins, it will die. Yep. Ezekiel chapter 18, plain and clear. Uh, However, these are not dead souls. These are living souls because, okay, let's say they're dead souls. It's like, well, we have a mass grave right here under the altar. That's a bit macabre, but, um, you know, not necessarily a – these are living souls and they are speaking – And many people assume that uh, these are souls of people who died and have gone to heaven um, for living righteous lives. More about that after
4: this.
5: Faith FM Positively different radio Forgiveness It's easier said than done But there's a program called Forgive to Live Designed to help us all improve our lives And discover the healing power of forgiveness So if you're keen to take that first step Head to Forgivetolive.org.au
4: Do you enjoy fantastic food Fun, friends and
0: fellowship Sure do then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a
2: complimentary breakfast as well. Wow, where? At the Multicultural Adventist Church on Newcastle Road in Wallsend, number 63.
0: Isn't that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout?
6: Sure is, and it starts 10 a.m. every Thursday.
0: Great, I'll see you
4: there. Never been a better time to get clean, so come as you are, run to the cross and be free, oh, be free, no matter what.
0: Ryan Stevenson with No Matter What here on uh, Faith, Faith FM. Sort of getting my tongue twisted hey, around there. there was a, there's a section there that says that, that is in in, in in brackets, which anyway, we won't go into that. <laughs> uh, I talked about that the other day and, and got laughed at about it, so I'm not going to get laughed at it again. <laughs> Something about feet. I'm not sure what it's got to do with feet, but anyway. <laughs> Come on. We'll move on from there. What's our question of the day there, Lawson? Our question of the day. For those of, of you who may have just tuned in, because if you hadn't have just not just tuned
1: in, you know exactly what our question of the day our is. Our question of the day is, who are the souls under the altar?
0: Have we ever had a question of the day that has lined up so perfectly with our Bible study of the day? Maybe not. I do not believe we have, but anyway. Let's work our way through this passage here in uh, Revelation six and verse uh, the beginning of verse nine. When I opened the fifth, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those that were slain for the word of God and the testimony that they held. They cried with a loud voice, saying, "How long, O Lord, holy and true, do you not judge and avenge our blood on those that live on the earth?" And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was told them that they should rest for a short season until their fellow servants also and their brothers that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Okay, so here we've got this this picture of souls under the altar, and a lot of people look at this passage, and this is the context in which the question actually came through, is that, okay, if you've got souls who are alive in heaven then how is it that you have, um, you know, obviously um, the Bible is very, very clear that when Jesus comes back, he raises the dead back to life. They are dead. They are not alive. Um, You can't have a resurrection and the immortality of the soul because those two concepts cancel each other out. Either you are still alive or you are dead, one of the two. So how do you have, the Bible very, very clearly teaches the resurrection. You know, mm-hmm. when Jesus comes back, all those that are in the graves, the Bible says here, his voice. The Bible speaks about King David. He has not ascended into heaven. He is in his grave. That's in Acts chapter 2. Um, and his grave is right here with us to this day. We could look at verse after verse after verse, the dead know not anything the Bible says. Okay, so then how do you have these souls in heaven? Okay, so here's my first question. In these three verses here, where do you find anywhere within these three verses that the Bible says that these souls are in heaven? There is nothing in these verses to even remotely indicate that these souls are in heaven. That's a massive assumption that people make based on a preconceived uh, concept that you know pretty much uh, people within Christianity grow up with. The Bible tells you very, very clearly where these souls are. They are under the altar the altar of sacrifice. Now, the altar of sacrifice in the context of the heavenly sanctuary is where Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice. That's on earth. The next question you have to go ask yourself is this. If these uh, souls are living souls, and if this is what happens to people when they die, so if you die, you are a martyr, your soul floats away and goes and uh, sits under the altar. All right, so we're going to ask ourselves the question, how big is that altar? and do all martyrs spend eternity locked up under an altar? Doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun, does it, guys? No.
3: Not at all. So if I'm just a regular, you know, Joe Blow and I
1: die and go to heaven, I get to enjoy heaven. But
0: But, if you're a martyr, you get punished by getting
1: locked up under an altar. If you die for the faith, then, yeah, it's kind kind of reversed. Okay. So then we find what are these souls doing? They are calling out for vengeance.
0: So quite contrary to Christ's instruction Mm -hmm. to pray for those who persecute you, these saintly souls are demanding vengeance on their persecutors. Is this going to be the consuming desire of people who are saved? That doesn't sound like much fun either, does it? Okay, so let's summarize what we have here. The altar is the altar of sacrifice. The courtyard of the heavenly sanctuary is this earth. These souls are on earth and they are depicted as having bodies because they are given robes. These are not ghosts. You cannot put a robe on a ghost. Sorry to point out the obvious. So the question then is, how do dead people on earth who are not alive call out for vengeance? Is it? Is there any biblical precedence for something that is dead calling out for vengeance? Genesis 4 and verse 10, the Bible says, and he said, what have you done? This is God speaking. The voice of your brother's blood cries unto me, From the ground, okay. So notice here that it is the blood that is crying from the ground.
3: I was just going to. I was just thinking of that verse.
0: There you go. Absolutely,
3: because it's very similar language. Yes, and it's more of a call from justice. It's not really a call from the. And it's
0: so clear what it's talking about, isn't it? Yes. So people who are saved are not going to be consumed by vengeance, but the fact that they died, the record of their death, is what is calling God to do something about. What happened? That's our answer for question of the day. Tune in again for questions of the day tomorrow. If you have a question of the day, our number is one 843 This is Indelible Grace by with Lo He Comes.
7: Every eye shall then behold it. In dreadful majesty, those who said and not insulted him pierced and nailed him to the tree.
0: was Indelible Grace with Low He Comes here on Faith FM.
1: And Lawson, what are we giving away for our giveaway of the day today? I thought it would be extremely appropriate to give away a book that is called Secrets Beyond the Grave. I
0: think that is extremely appropriate. Indeed, I concur. That is just what we were talking about. <laughs> and I would be confident that that book would talk about our question of the day today mm-hmm. being souls under the altar. Mm-hmm. can't really write write a book on that subject without dealing with souls under the altar. Yeah.
1: Or, you know, Abraham's bosom or whatever it may be. Hey, whatever whatever arguments that you have for or against the topic of what happens after death. Um, This book, you know, if you want to see um, a really, you know, well-explained position on that argument, Pick up this book, Secrets Beyond the Grave. Of course, this is a free giveaway. So, you can give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you can get this book for free. Don't
0: even have to answer a quiz question or Nothing. anything. Like- right here, and of course, this one written by uh, veteran evangelist Dwight Hall. Um, and so, uh, yeah, give us a call now. You know the number, one eight hundred three two four eight four three, 324 843 or text us on 0491-064-669 or contact us via any of our social media. But I would recommend a phone call because that way you will get through Uh, and you'll be able to secure this free offer for yourself. And don't forget that, as always, we remind you, if you would like to study the Bible for yourself more in depth, then we can make that arrangement for you. We often have people who want to know more about the Bible, and so we set them up with opportunities to study the Bible. You can study the Bible anywhere across Australia. Um, we have small groups, we have one-on-one, we have uh, Bible instructors like Lawson is. He goes out and does Bible studies with people and teaches the Bible in home. We have uh, correspondence courses, online courses. However, you would like to do it, just let us know. Mm. But right now, as always, we have enjoyed your presence here on your your presence here on the breakfast show, and we look forward to it again tomorrow.